Hi, I'm recording this ahead of the election results, so I don't know if I'm depressed yet or not. Um, I will probably check in at some point during the week once they've been announced and shit to let you know my thoughts and my feels. But for now, I'm just going to record a regular episode and we're all going to hope that we have a new government. Let's let's believe. We hold on to the strangest things in the 10 minutes of turmoil bridges to crosses. I hold on to the other day to distract me from the crowded silence. The other day when I counted the seconds until I could count the characters in your reply. Now I'm waiting again, buried underneath the dreams of the damned, daring to dream my own nightmare where my heart hurts then heals itself as I twist it into whatever you desire. I am built for your embrace, holding the pole just to be safe, resisting the urge to unfold into you entirely, wishing I could, wasting another thought on the one who is busy, but hopefully still seeing me somewhere in his mind's eye. I'm carrying my whole life in a case for a couple of days and for the first time on one of my many quests to escape. I want to go home, to you. Do you understand? I don't want to be alone, for the first time. I don't want to be alone. I wrote that on the tube, um, last Thursday. I was going on holiday, as you know, and um, normally when I go on holiday, like even before I get there, I consider faking my own death and then just staying there and, and just being like, I'm not going to go back. I'm just, I'm just going to like, you know, scam everybody and pretend I died or I'm going to like join like a like a, a cult there so that they can't take me back and I'm like really embedded in the cult or whatever like I'm gonna find a way you, you know what I mean and it's not because like I hate everybody and you know anything like that I just I don't know in my life I've always felt this need for like escaping ever since I was a kid I remember once we went it was my my grandparents anniversary we went to the beach I literally cried all the way home because I didn't want to leave. And before we left, I was just standing there looking out at the ocean, like crying hysterically because I just, I just wanted to stay there and just, I don't know, just like run away, which sounds insane. And I get that, but I don't know. I th- I think it's because, like, I'm an Aquarius. I'm kind of, like, fixated on the idea of freedom. But anyways. <laughs> uh, so normally, like, just when I'm on the way, I'm like, right, okay, let's make some plans to, like, disappear off into the sunset and never be heard of again. Um, but this time I actually didn't want to. Which was really weird. 
for me because I mean <laughs> you know like what, what do you mean sis <laughs> wait we're, we're not planning to like fake our own death and vanish this time what the fuck girl we what do you mean we're not what are we gonna do then oh okay we're just gonna enjoy our holiday and then go home what do you mean like it was it was like I was like outside of myself looking at her like Okay, please say psych right now. <laughs> what was? What are you talking about? But I just I don't know. I kind of um I was just into the whole continuing my life as it is thing. Um which was uh weird. Um but I I was um I was on the tube and I was like just kind of holding on to the pole so I didn't like fall over and like hurt myself and there were these two people like also holding on to the same one as me and they were really cute and and I was like oh that's sweet <laughs> you know because like normally like I would look at like couples and stuff and be like oh that's sweet and and I did them, but then it suddenly occurred to me, I was like, oh, huh, hey, same, because I can do that now, and I think maybe that's why, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, like, run away and start my life again, because, well, if I fake my death, he's going to think I'm dead, and then he'll oh, well, we can't have that. I guess I'm going to have to make it very obvious I'm alive. And for that to happen, I've got to go home. And so I did. And um, I'm I'm pretty sure he knows I'm alive. That's good. Um, Didn't fake my death. But it could still happen. I'll, I'll let you know. It'll be like a secret update for you guys only. I'll just do like a little quick episode and be like, like, I'll say it in code, like, um, uh, the, the, the eagle is probably somewhere in the north, um, she's, she's, um, she's still flying, just somewhere different, and, and I'm sure that that will, that will get through. you tell me that you think I could be meant for you. I start to wonder, my hair at the mercy of the wind, my heart at the mercy of your own, in a new world that builds up as you build up the courage to kiss me. I start to wonder why the man who believes in nothing made an exception for me. I read it on the beach um, I think Friday night, 
I was just kind of sat there. Um, it was really peaceful and quiet. There was nobody there. Um, and I was just kind of looking out at the water and, and the moon. And it was it was such a a serene and beautiful moment. And the 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 only thing I could hear was, was the ocean and just sort of my hand because it was quite cold, <laughs> sort of desperately trying to write out these things that were in my head. Um, uh, and, and I sort of did it in like a rush. And then the second I was done, I just put my gloves on. Like, I hope I don't die of hypothermia. It would really suck to die of hypothermia right now. What the actual fuck is going on with this whole election business? So the Conservatives have won a majority. Um, Labour have taken huge losses. Um, so uh, Brexit is is happening. It's it's gonna happen. Um, the Conservatives will probably now be in power for the next five years unless there is like some kind of like alien invasion or the zombies come or I, I don't know um so what happens now um well what's happening currently uh in the days following the election um there's a lot of people who are upset uh there's been some protests um and things like that um there are a lot of people in sort of the opposition -y side of things who are i'm just gonna fucking say it being delusional about what has happened here um they are blaming everybody for you know, the losses that the Labour Party have faced. They are blaming, um, you know, the media. They are blaming uh, people who didn't want Brexit. They are blaming Tony Blair. They are blaming Israel. Um, Ken Livingstone literally 
he was giving an interview and he said that Jewish voters were not helpful. Um, and then he wonders why he was kicked out of the Labour Party for anti-Semitism. Um, you know, they're basically, they're trying to blame everybody but themselves. Because people have been telling people within the Labour Party for a long time you're probably not going to be elected with Jeremy Corbyn as your leader realistically it's not going to happen um there's just there's too much that's happened you know the failures to deal with things like anti-semitism uh in the party by Jeremy Corbyn and his team um the, you know, things like replacing local candidates with, like, momentum activists from London that has also gone on on Jeremy Corbyn's watch. That's happened. Do they really think that didn't have an effect too? Um, you know, and then, of course, there's all of the, just all of the the negative, you know stuff that comes with Jeremy Corbyn all of the skeletons in his closet that he really has never tried to explain um <laughs> you know because anytime anyone brings it up he sort of just doesn't really properly explain it and then all of his supporters just start screaming about how it's a smear and the media is evil and you know in the pay of Israel or whatever they have not listened when people have said all of these things probably going to be a problem and so now that it's become how it's become so obvious that it is a problem you know the uk has been going through austerity for almost 10 years we are facing the potential of a very damaging brexit that is probably going to be very damaging to our economy uh for jobs and things like that even after boris johnson literally hid in a fridge to avoid questions um members of his team have made so many mistakes during this campaign he still won and labor are not willing to ask themselves the real questions and say why did this happen because they're just carrying on. They're blaming everybody and they're not looking inside themselves and saying, did we have something to do with this? Did our arrogance have something to do with this? Our vanity? You know, I just, I don't really know what else to say. And the way that they've reacted to this and their attitude to this is basically, you know, we're just carrying on as normal. Jeremy Corbyn has conceded and said that he will resign at some point. Um, he's staying on until they can find a new leader, which, I mean, I guess is fair enough. Um, but a lot of his supporters are still militantly set in the idea that they're just going ahead with what they did before they're not thinking well maybe we need to change tactics um i don't think 
that the policies were a huge problem. I think maybe throwing all of those policies at the public at once was perhaps a mistake. Um, it may have been better to pick a couple to offer to the public now, save a couple for if you win and then, you know, for the next election. Um, but I don't think that the policies, the ideas are the biggest problem here. I think it is the leadership and also the public perception of what the Labour Party is. Um, and the way that a lot of people within that party have reacted um, throughout everything. You know, this whole... Um, this whole time, any time somebody raised any concern about anything within Labour, the response you'd get is, you're a fucking Tory. Go and vote for the Tories. You want homeless people to die. You want kids to die. Like, when people were raising things like anti-Semitism, they would just be attacked. You know, a lot of people within Labour wouldn't take it on board and say, you know what? We need to deal with this. We are a party that brands itself as progressive. We are a party that prides itself and has done well on the image of being progressive and for everybody. So we need to deal with this issue. There were some people in Labour that, that were honest and said that, but not enough. Um, too many people try to write it off as smears and untrue. Um, you know, and it was the same with, uh, you know, when Labour MPs and councillors were supporting the homophobic protests outside of schools, whenever anyone raised concerns, they were basically told, shut up, shut up, you're helping the Tories. So I feel, obviously, Labour is going to be in the opposition. They need to look at themselves look at what's going on, be realistic. And they they also need to work with other opposition parties because they can't do this on their own. If they're going to help people through the next five years of a Tory government, they need to be realistic, honest, work with other people and reflect on why this happened. Reflect on why the UK, after going through almost 10 years of hell, under the Conservatives, still couldn't put their trust in them. It's that simple. If they're not willing to do that, they're going to be in opposition forever. And I don't think we can take that. Are you looking for a platform where you can have your voice heard? Find your home and find your voice on Rumble, the brand new video platform where you can share your thoughts, express your passions, and find like-minded people and creators. Download Rumble from the App Store or visit rumble.me to find out more. Your body assembles again, energetic, 
reaching across the table to have me like a monster in a 3D film. I am hopeless, helpless in a hatchback, dressed up for you at the drive-in, inviting you in, inciting a riot where only my heart will be looted. That kind of um, came to me in a dream and I wrote it down when I was half asleep and I didn't expect it to make sense when I woke up the next day because that happens to me a lot, but it did. And I was like, okay, bitch, all right, nice, good job. You managed to write something half asleep that actually isn't incoherent nonsense. We're so proud of you, sis. Um, <laughs> so... I, well, I say that it was really, I only had sort of the first few lines. And then as I was sort of slowly waking up the next morning and reading through it, I just had this image in my head of like a, like a drive-in and like, you know, those old monster movies. So I found a way to work that in too. Um, and just this kind of idea of, you know, when the film comes to life. And it, come, it comes out of the screen, you know, like Samara in the ring or, you know, <laughs> you know, in like all the old films where it's like, oh, the monster's coming out of the screen at the drive-thru. Oh, my God. Um, drive-thru, drive-in, you know what I mean. Um, and so I really kind of wanted to kind of take that, you know, and sort of put that on humanity. And, and the way that people interact with each other in situations and when you when you love somebody and you care about someone but you also really are attracted to them and it becomes this kind of crazed thing and <laughs> I just I always like the imagery of, of drive-ins anyway because um of that song by the Beach Boys drive-in I love that. So yeah, um, I I wrote something when I was half asleep and it actually kind of made sense for once and I was really proud of myself considering I did the same thing um, a couple of weeks ago and the only word that was actually like an actual word that made sense was the word fox. Nothing else was, was um, salvageable. It was just sort of this entire paragraph of nonsense and the only thing that was an actual word was the word fox and I have no idea what the fuck I was trying to say but this time we actually made it because I figured out what I was trying to say so I was very proud of myself for that
So, since this whole election kerfuffle, um, um, and obviously since the Scottish National Party in Scotland gained a lot of seats, there have been a whole bunch of English political commentators and things like that basically all throwing out the same hot take. Oh no, what about the union? And I'm like, oh really? That's your focus right now? We're heading into five more years of potential austerity, five more years of a government that wants to destroy our health service, five more years of a government that doesn't give a shit about kids going to school hungry and homeless people freezing to death in Westminster, and you're worried about the fucking union? Girl. Girl. So for those who maybe are not like super informed about what this means <laughs> the uk is um made up primarily of four countries so england scotland northern ireland and wales um there was a referendum in 2014 uh in scotland um where Scotland was deciding on whether it wanted to become an independent country or not outside of the UK. Now, contrary to what the narrative has now become, because a lot of people are now acting like everyone overwhelmingly rejected the idea of Scotland becoming independent, which they didn't. Um, and also, let's be realistic, there was some quite obvious dishonesty um, from the British government, but there we are. The point is, it was not overwhelmingly rejected as an idea, right? Um, and support for it has grown over the years again, especially since Brexit. So this idea that it's a complete surprise that, you know, a pro-independence party has done well in Scotland and that this whole, oh my God, the union's ending the sky is falling, oh my God, that this is a surprise. To me, to me that really says that a lot of, a lot of the political commentators in the UK are very England-centric. And a lot of people do not think about politics outside of England at all. And really outside of Westminster. I mean, they probably also do not understand or give a shit what is happening in, like, Manchester or, like, you know, Liverpool or something. Like, they don't, <laughs> they don't know and they don't really care. Um... I think a lot of this stems from the fact that a lot of political commentators and political journalists are, for the most part, pretty well off, you know, born and raised in London, a lot of them. It is very hard to find a political journalist or commentator that is not well off, born and raised in London, lives in a decent house, um you know, never had to worry about these things, never really been outside of London apart from to cover party conferences and even then 
that's in a very sanitized way. They're not really going out and seeing what life is like in those places. Um, so, you know, of course, these people are not really going to think all that much about what happens outside of the Westminster utopia. They're not going to think about, you know, what happens in other parts of England, you know. They probably have trouble believing that Bolton is a real place. They just think it's a prank someone keeps playing on them, you know. Um, they 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 have no understanding of what else goes on, you know, in other parts of England, let alone places like Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales. They They have no idea. So when something like this happens and it just sort of smacks them in the face and they're like, wait, what? Most of Scotland voted for pro-independence parties. But but we've been spending years saying about how nobody wants that. And the union is really great. But the union is really great. What the fucking hell are these jocks doing? What What is this? Who told them they could vote? What the fuck? Because they don't understand. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the union doesn't really affect them. Okay, I <laughs> I have thought about this before. Um, the union does not really affect people in England who are doing okay. Um, they don't really see any of the effects of it, you know. In fact, most people in England don't really see any of the effects um, that are negative of being in the union because... Well, they're in England and England pretty much gets what it wants. So, um, you know, they don't have the, you know, the same experiences, for example, of, um, you know, being another country in the union that has its own parliament or assembly, but having the powers that matter to your population being reserved. So you can't do anything about it. You know, there are things you want to change because your population wants them to change. And your priorities mandate that they should change, but you can't because it's reserved and Westminster won't let you. People in England have no idea what that's like because it doesn't happen to them. <laughs> um, you know, having certain powers devolved to your parliament or your assembly, but knowing that you can't make full use of those things because you're having to mitigate cuts that are coming from Westminster to try and protect your population from the harshest parts of austerity. That is what the devolved parliaments and assemblies have been doing. That is what other countries in the UK have been doing. They have been protecting their citizens from the harshest parts of austerity. Um, arguably, Scotland has done this the most. You know, and it's it's not sustainable realistically, which is probably why they are looking quite seriously at the idea of leaving the union so that they don't have to deal with these constant cuts and austerity because it's it's not sustainable. They cannot do that forever. Um, so, <sighs> Jesus Christ, that, that is something that, that people in England are probably not going to understand because, yes, we just have straight up cuts um, we don't have a government that's trying to save us from them because our government doesn't give a shit about us. Um, but we don't know any different. So we don't know what it's like to be frustrated and to say, well, 
we're trying to help people, but we're being held back by this government in England that won't let us do what we want. We will never know what that's like because all we have is that one government in England. So we don't know what it's like to be able to reach for something different and be pulled back by the union. So I think, I think when we look at these things, I think a lot of people in this so-called union, this so-called family, need to have a lot more empathy. Get outside yourself and think about what it would be like to be in a country that is tethered to another country, right? You have different priorities. You have different things that you want, different things that you need. You consistently vote for different things and different priorities and they don't listen to you and they don't care. And they're bigger than you, so their voice becomes louder than you. And they make decisions that affect your life for years, sometimes decades. And you fight back. But it's it's like you're shouting into the wind because they're louder than you, they're bigger than you. They're not listening to you. I feel like some people would support separating that too but here's the thing a lot of and this I'm very much seeing now that this election's happened and people were suddenly thinking oh god the Scottish are getting ideas again fuck oh my god is this idea that other countries in the union are treated like property these are people okay they're people. They have thoughts, ideas, dreams, relationships. Uh, they, they are not... This is not England and some colonies, okay? This is supposedly, and, and this is what people have been told for years, you know, as to why the union is good, is it's supposed to be equal. It's a family, you know? Don't leave, lead. Well, where did that go? You know? So I think it's necessary for people to, again, to, to get outside of themselves. Stop relying on those old sentimentalities that tell them, you know, in their head, no, they can't leave. They're mine. They can't leave. They can't even think about leaving. They're mine. And maybe try and understand why support for independence in Scotland has risen. Why, not to the same extent, but in Wales, support for independence is rising. Why in Northern Ireland, support for reunification, I said that wrong, reunification, did I say that? You know what I mean, the thing where they get back together with other Ireland. Um, <laughs> God, I just sounded like so uneducated but you know what I mean why support for for that has has increased look at the mess that we are in two countries in our supposedly equal union voted overwhelmingly to remain in the European Union they are still now on course to be dragged out of the European Union regardless of what they want regardless of what 
hardships that is going to cause them. They are being dragged out basically because England wants to. And then you, you sit there and you say that the union is fair and the union is good and that the union is necessary. And this is the problem. We need to look at this from other people's perspectives. Do you really think people in Northern Ireland right now, do you think all of them are thinking, yeah, totally love this union, totally love being dragged out of the European Union, even though we said very clearly we didn't want to. <laughs> love it. Um, totally love when, when our beloved Westminster government does stuff that kind of fucks with the Good Friday Agreement. Love that. Do you think that everybody in Scotland is like, oh, yeah, totally fucking love being dragged out of the EU, even though we really don't want to? Oh, my God, I totally love when you guys send fucking more Trident missiles for us to look after, even though we are, as a country on the whole, really, very anti-nuclear weapons and um, even though all of our MPs at Westminster, bar like one, voted against renewing the Trident programme because we believe as a country that you can spend money on things that actually matter, like schools and hospitals, rather than fucking nuclear bombs. But yeah, thank you so much for bringing this here. We're so happy. Like, do you... Do people really think that's what happens? It's, it's delusional. It's not. You know, I just, I feel like a lot of the people who are super surprised by this and they're super surprised that like, oh my God, Scotland voted for a bunch of like pro-independence parties and then those pro-independence parties said that they were going to look at an independence referendum. What the fuck is going on? Like, where have you been, girl? Why haven't you been paying attention? This was always going to happen. If you actually got out of, like, London for, like, one weekend, you know, follow some people on Twitter, you know, in these countries. Listen to some podcasts. Uh, watch some YouTube videos. Talk to people. Maybe even go there and find out, you know, what the tea is. Like... If this union is so equal and it's not a scam, then why is it that yet again, after this election, everybody's acting surprised that maybe the other countries in this union are mad because they were very clear about what they wanted and yet again, it's been ignored because of our electoral system, because of the fact that England always overrules everywhere else because it's bigger. I'm just saying, if you think this union is so fair and so beneficial, make the case for it now. Um, Northern Ireland and Scotland, both electorally <laughs> in this election, and also just on a pretty consistent basis, like, throughout history, really, have shown that they have different priorities to England. And yet they are always, in the end, dragged into line to do what England wants. How is that fair? I'm serious. 
I want someone to explain this shit to me because because it's not <laughs> you know and I'm gonna be real with you I'm not gonna sit here and act like I was <laughs> like super woke my whole life I mean when I was a kid and shit I didn't really think about this because it didn't really affect my life um but it was when when the campaign for independence was happening in 2014 I became very interested and I thought wow so some people may want to leave what's that about and I I talked to people and I learned you know um and I found out about other other people's perspectives um and then over the years I learned more about you know the politics and the lives of people in other countries in the union as well as the one I live in myself and I think that that is really what we need to do I mean (laughs) everyone now is out here talking about how everything is divided everything is divided we need unity blah 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 well you can't just say unity over and over and hope it materializes people need to put in the work and I'm gonna be real with you (laughs) a lot of people that need to put in the work are the big voices in our political scene who are now the ones who are doing like the shocked Pikachu face at Scotland kind of looking at independence again and you know and and sort of looking at why you know some seats in England um didn't stay with Labour and didn't stay with the Conservatives and things like that And a lot of the time, the answer to all of these questions is, have you ever talked to somebody that lives outside of Westminster? So here's here's really what this luxury hot take is about. If we are to ever have unity across the UK, there needs to be a sincere effort to understand others, even if their perspective wound you because I know that there are going to be a lot of like English people who like get personally like attacked and offended because some people think the union is a scam I mean you need to get over yourselves and you need to accept that (laughs) it's not an attack on you personally it's someone saying you're doing this and I want to do that and I should be free to do that, you know, I mean, let's be real, nobody is seeing Brexit as a personal attack on the European Union, because the European Union has grown, and they, they don't need to throw a tantrum, and like, (laughs) try and blackmail us into staying, um, because they're reasonable, and their union is not a scam, um, so maybe think about that, um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I just feel like, a lot of people right now, after this election, are screaming about how they want unity, but they are not willing to do the hard work to get it. You can't just say, we want unity, we want people to come together, and then just proceed with doing whatever you want and ignoring the voices of the people that you claim to want unity with. Um, a lot of commentators, a lot of politicians right now are saying, oh, we want unity, but 
they're sort of rushing straight into doing things that they know, <laughs> they know huge amounts of people are going to be unhappy with. So make it make sense. <laughs> um, and to all the people who are suddenly acting shocked about these developments, you know, things like Scotland um, considering independence, um, the potential of Northern Ireland looking at reunification. Um, I'm going to be real, I don't think Wales is quite there yet, but it could happen. You never know. Um, to the people who are shocked by that, <laughs> you know, um, talk to people. Find out their perspectives. Because I think maybe you've been living in a, a little bubble too long and, you know, all you know is the union is very good, actually. You've, you've never steps outside of that and I guess in a way it's to an extent it's not your fault but you're a grown adult now and you need to take responsibility for yourself so get out there find out what people are saying find out what people are thinking you know don't just write them off as psychotic nationalists or whatever because that's that's not the case these are not people who are racist or you know, wanting to exclude people, they they just want a chance to make their own decisions and act on their own priorities. And I think if you actually spoke to them and gave them a chance, you'd see that. So I feel like the lesson from this election is don't assume about people. Talk to them, find out their perspective and maybe you'll understand a lot better. If I loved him, I would be staring fear directly in the face, hoping that I could hold myself together, torn by the temptation to tear myself limb from limb rebuilding myself into the girl that I am in his dreams. I hold my eyes open so that I can't sleep, hoping he'll mimic me, because I'm not sure I can be that girl anymore. So I was um, watching a uh, YouTube video. I watch a lot of um, like astrology, tarot videos a lot of the time and one of the ones that I watched obviously because it's coming to the end of the year a lot of people are doing kind of predictions and things for next year and so I was watching this pick a card reading right about um my life next year and one of the things that came up was about um, my relationships and things. And one of the key points that they raised was the idea of um, finding a way to accept yourself as you truly are in a relationship and finding a way to 
to accept that the other person will accept you, right? And this actually came up in quite a few of the different ones I watched. Um, some people may still be skeptical. I do not care for that. Um, but it is something I've always struggled with in my life. I, <laughs> I kind of try and it's something I've always noticed about myself. I always try and put on this, um, this image of being this perfect girlfriend, this perfect person, because there is a part of me that thinks, do they, do they really, you know, do they really like me? Do they really want to be with me? Um, am I... Am I acceptable? Am I someone that they want? And I am trying more consciously to escape from that as an idea because, I mean... <laughs> Given that I am not really the kind of person who makes first moves, it is not something I do very often because I just, I'm not built for that. I don't have the facilities for that. <laughs> um, so a lot of the time um, when somebody shows an interest in me, it's something that they begin because I might be interested too, but I'm not going to say it until they say it, just in case. And so I'm kind of trying to think, well, if they showed an interest in you when you had not been doing this whole thing where you're trying to act like you're like something else then obviously they do like you as you are, you know? And I don't know. It's it's hard to kind of let go of that insecurity and that fear and just be like, well, there must be something about you as you are when you're not trying to be what you think that they want, that they like, you know, there must be something about you in your original form that drew them in in the first place. So maybe all those girls on YouTube are right. Maybe you do need to embrace that and be who you really are and not be afraid of what happens because, well, as we can see, what happens is they pursue you as you originally are. It's just, it's a struggle to take down those defences and say, I don't have to try and be some other girl because they didn't pursue some other girl. They came to me because they liked me.
I think things are going to be okay. I don't know. They're probably not, but, you know, at least we will always have these moments here together. A little bit of solitude and peace. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, God. You have to, I guess I have to believe that, you know, maybe, maybe things will get better eventually. We'll see. Um, but we have reached the end of the episode, but I will see you again next week um, for more, more of whatever it is that this brings you. Hopefully it'll be a bit more cheery next week. Um, hopefully we'll find things to smile about together. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, if you want more of me, you can find lots of my work on my website, which is jenniferwan.com, or you can find me on social media with the username Miss J Squared. Um, if you want to support this show and other projects that I do, um, you know, the videos, uh, the free to access writing and things like that, um, you can um, through Patreon or Patreon. I, I still don't know how to pronounce it, but whatever. Um, from one dollar a month, you can get access to early release content, um, exclusive content, uh, free merch, and lots of other things. Uh, you can also make one-off donations, which gets you access to early release content uh, through PayPal or Coffee. Um, the links for all of that are in the description or on my website. Uh, thank you very much to my patron supporters, Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, Katie, Christina, Josie, Gabriella, David and Eleanor. You guys are the greatest. I love you muchly. Um, I will see you guys. Well speak to you more specifically um <laughs> next week um and i hope that by next week things will feel a little less bleak good night my love